0: "'Why?' asked Matefi. "'I think it sits awkwardly, like an evil moon.' "'No,' said Matefi. "'A bad moon does not leave anyone in doubt, "'like the one under which Okuata died. "'Its legs were up in the air.' "'Does the moon kill people?' asked Obia gaily, "'tugging at her mother's cloth. "'What have I done to this child? "'Do you want to strip me naked?' I said, does the moon kill people? It kills little girls, said Waffle, her brother. I did not ask you, Ant Hill Nose. You will soon cry, Long Throat. The moon kills little boys. The moon kills Ant Hill Nose. The moon kills little boys. Obiegele turned everything into a song. Ezeulu went into his barn and took down one yam from the bamboo platform built specially for the twelve sacred yams. There were eight left. He knew there would be eight. Nevertheless, he counted them carefully. He had already eaten three and had the fourth in his hand. He checked the remaining ones again and went back to his obi, shutting the door of the barn carefully after him. His log fire was smoldering. He reached for a few sticks of firewood stacked in the corner, set them carefully on the fire, and placed the yam, like a sacrifice, on top. As he waited for it to roast, he planned the coming event in his mind. It was Oye. Tomorrow would be Afo, the next day Nkwo, the day of the great market— The festival of the pumpkin leaves would fall on the third in quo from that day. Tomorrow he would send for his assistants and tell them to announce the day to the six villages of Umuaro. Whenever Ezeulu considered the immensity of his power over the year and the crops and, therefore, over the people, he wondered if it was real. It was true he named the day for the feast of the pumpkin leaves and for the new yam feast, but he didn't choose it. "'He was merely a watchman. "'His power was no more than the power of a child over a goat that was said to be his. "'As long as the goat was alive, it could be his. "'He would find it food and take care of it. "'But the day it was slaughtered, he would know soon enough who the real owner was. "'No. "'The chief priest of Ulu was more than that, must be more than that. "'If he should refuse to name the day, there would be no festival.' no planting and no reaping. But could he refuse? No chief priest had ever refused. So it couldn't be done. He wouldn't dare. Ezeulu was stung to anger by this as though his enemy had spoken it. Take away that word dare, he replied to the enemy. Yes, I say take it away. No man in all Umuaro can stand up and say that I dare not. The woman who will bear the man who will say it has not been born yet. But this rebuke brought only momentary satisfaction. His mind, never content with shallow satisfactions, crept again to the brink of knowing. What kind of power was it, if it would never be used? Better to say that it wasn't there. That it was no more than the power in the anus of the proud dog who sought to put out a furnace with his puny fart. He turned the yam with a stick. His youngest son Ngwafo, now came into the obi, saluted Azeulu by name, and took his favorite position on the mud bed at the far end, close to the shorter threshold. Although he was still only a child it looked as though the deity had already marked him out as his future chief priest. Even before he had learnt to speak more than a few words, he had been strongly drawn to the god's ritual. It could almost be said that he already knew more about it than even the eldest. Nevertheless, no one would be so rash as to say openly that Ulu would do this or do that. When the time came that Ezeulu was no longer found in his place— Ulu might choose the least likely of his sons to succeed him. It had happened before. Ezeulu attended the yam very closely, rolling it over with the stick again and again. His eldest son, Edogo, came in from his own hut. Ezeulu.